you sometimes struggle to say what really needs to be said in your relationship. Today, we're talking about what may be one of the number one relationship killers in relationships, which is not being able to communicate what you really need to to your partner. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where you can also take our free online quiz to discover your conflict style in your relationship and what you can do about changing it. Welcome to today's podcast. And today we're talking about relationship killers, what might be, I think, one of the number one relationship killers. And before we get into that, Angela, what do you think might be one of the most common relationship killers? Well, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because it's sort of it's partly circumstantial. I mean, for example, if you have an abusive partner, then that obviously is the number one relationship killer. But if we're sort of talking in more generic terms and maybe uh, about relationships more generally where there isn't a sort of extreme situation, as it were, well, yeah, I think a lack of communication and not uh, not being able to express yourself, not being able to say what you really experience for example not being able to say to your partner i'm really annoyed with what you just did is is a real problem yeah yeah absolutely um and and in fact i think you know that inability to express ourselves may really be behind some of the issues that lead to some of the things you talked about as well so somebody even maybe becoming abusive you know in Mm. in throughout certain points in their life not learning to express themselves and you know it's that difference between uh you know the fight flight or Mm. freeze response and also Mm. trying to be authentic as as an individual sometimes leads to that struggle in terms of not being able to learn how to express emotions properly. Mm. So we can even get bottled up and lead to explosions. So, mm. um, and I think for me, it's, it's this, this inability and this, this fear very frequently to express what we need to or to be able to communicate what we need to. Because I know certainly, I can think about many times in my life where there's things I've wanted to say or things I've wanted to ask and I just haven't because I was thinking, well, if I ask this, this could maybe go down a rabbit hole and and, and be interpreted in the wrong way or maybe I thought I couldn't say that because Mm. it could lead to an argument or conflict. Mm. Uh, And so sometimes you just go on not saying it and... It, it persists in your mind, these questions, these things you want to express, and they kind of build up. Yeah, particularly if you're getting frustrated, aren't you? I mean, I, I recognise that as well as a pattern from my past, is sort of sitting on my frustrations because I had this overarching desire to always have harmony in the relationship and this idea that if there was disharmony, if there was uh, something going on that would um, uh, upset the balance in the relationship, that would kind of bring some negative energy or some neg- negativity, so to speak, into the relationship, that that would be really dangerous. So harmony had to be maintained at all costs. And the cost for me was very often that I'd kind of push it down, um, that I, um, but that, it, you know, but ultimately, of course, you know, I mean, you can't push it down. It just sits there, doesn't it? And, the, the res- and what happens after a while is that it turns into this kind of resentment, particularly when there is, uh, when there are repetitive behaviours that you get really frustrated with in your partner, or when you feel very hurt by something that your partner has has said or done to you, and you haven't expressed that to let them know that this is how you experienced it, it doesn't go away, does it? It just sits there and simmers. 
No, exactly. And often these are the things that lead to arguments and conflicts. And that's when um, when we talk quite a lot um, with our recent course we've done on arguments and sort of conflict in relationships. Uh, that's one of the important things is that, you know, these frustrations, when we don't express them, when we don't explore them, they tend to lead to arguments. They lead to eventual often breakup because mm-hmm. they are these frustrations. Mm-hmm. And it's little things like, you know, I think I've spoken about before in podcasts where, you know, initially when you meet somebody, sometimes the other person has these quirks, which at first, because you've got these rose-coloured filters or lenses, it's it's like you think, oh, that's kind of sweet or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd squeeze their toothpaste from the middle of the tube, not the end. And then over time, when that those rose-coloured lenses have faded, it's like, oh, why can't you just squeeze the toothpaste from the end of the tube? You have to leave all this stuff in the end. And suddenly that becomes a build-up of frustration. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, your partner doesn't take the bins out. And it's not that in itself. It represents something deeper usually, maybe feeling not being cared for. But we feel frustrated by this action and, and that builds up over time. If we don't express it, suddenly you know, people can explode. They get really angry, they get really cross and that can put a major dent into a relationship. Well, very often it's not about, uh, with lots of couples, it's actually not the big explosions. It's the sort of constant low-level attacking that is often that I often witness, which is the sort of bickering, what you, you know might be calling bickering, this sort of sniping at each other um, where you know there's a there's a sense of frustration that really is finding expression but but it's not really put on the table in very clear terms like this is what I am frustrated with it's just sort of uh, it, it gets dished out yeah it gets dished out um, as I say in, in, in seemingly low-level attacks but they start to build up and they're quite undermining after a while, aren't they? And it's so frustrating as if you are an outsider and you witness this with a couple. I mean, my, my parents do that a lot. They bicker endlessly. Um, it's really frustrating to witness, isn't it? It's so hard. Yeah, and it's horrible to experience. And, and again, yeah. we talk about that in, in our argument course about the different types of attacks. Because like you said, mm. it's not always what the high level attack. so a high level attack would be where you're really kind of shouting screaming going for each other or one person going for the other but the low level ones are more subtle more kind of like you said sniping and really you know can really give you a really uncomfortable feeling over time and that's like sort of it's like a tumor in a relationship that grows and grows and eventually eats away at us until until there's that point when you just can't do anything about it because it's too late and that's why you know i think these things are so important to relationships is you you need to tackle the kind of creature before it grows too big well in particular if you have children right because yeah. um, you poor children have to listen to this all of the time yes yeah. uh, uh, they're in it they're in the firing line and then very often of course what also happens is in these kind of circumstances that the the children get triangulated mm. they get brought in as the to relieve the pressure in the system. And we've talked about triangulation in, mm. in another podcast. So the, the children get brought in to kind of take some pressure out of the system. The children then get it from both parents uh, individually, a, a complaint about the other. Uh, you know, let me tell you what your dad did yesterday. Let me, t- let me you know, or, or, you know, this is what mum did again, I roll, this kind of thing. So this, this often happens then. So... So if the two adults uh, cannot sit down and have appropriate communication, then of course the children suffer. And 
and this really has a knock-on effect on, on their life potentially for quite a long time. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest problems to me is that uh, usually people tackle this when it's too late. Mm. So if you're in a relationship, listen to this now, it's like if you haven't expressed some of these frustrations, and I'm not saying mm. just bring them up and say, like, you do this and blame the other person, because most of these frustrations come from ourselves. They're, they're what we experience that somebody else wouldn't, but it's talking through those and exploring what it really means to you. So the fact your partner doesn't take the bins out, what's really behind that? Is it the feeling that you're not cared for, which may be because you didn't feel cared for at some other points in your life. It may it usually reflects our own needs that maybe haven't been met fully at some other points in our life as well, which may need to be explored. But for me, I think the biggest factor is we leave it too late. And most people come to couples counselling when there's a real problem. Mm. And often when there's a real problem, it's often really difficult to do something about it. And I, I think, and actually a friend of mine, probably about 20 years ago, who was a couples therapist, she would work with couples before they got married or when they got married, before there were problems, mm. which I thought was great. And I don't know many people that do this. I don't know many people that go to couples therapists before there are problems but I think it's a great idea you learn yeah. to actually what you need to do in terms of expressing some of these things because if you leave it too long like if you're looking at therapy if you're looking at counseling mm. as trying to fix a problem that's happened mm. sometimes for some things like this it, it's really tricky but if you're looking at as a way to learn to communicate better to learn to express yourself better you can avoid a lot of these problems happening, which ultimately, if you don't avoid them, they could break your relationship. Yeah, yeah, such a good point. I mean, because some churches offer this, right? They offer sort of marriage guidance courses, uh, which I think is a brilliant idea where you kind of look at various aspects of relationships and prepare for that. And obviously, yeah. that's kind of what we're doing with our Relationship Maze course as well, is really looking at all aspects of relationship and I'm pretty sure that if somebody really works through this course they would have a very good foundation to build on in in their relationship. So there's a lot to learn isn't there and particularly if you uh, we don't learn about relationships at school it's not on the curriculum we learn about relationships from our parents and mostly and sometimes of course also from peers and, and teachers but mainly from our parents and if there are a lot of issues in the relationship uh, with our parents, if our parents have a relationship which is less than ideal, then of course we carry this forward. Um, and we try to, I mean, in my case, for example, I had this very strong sense of wanting to have harmony in the relationship because I didn't witness that with my parents. They were always arguing. So I thought the best way to, um, to have a good relationship is to not argue at all, to avoid it at all costs to make sure that there are never any arguments, really. Ideally, never to put anything on the table that could be controversial. And, of course, that's, you know, got me into a lot of trouble in the past. It's just not quite working, um, because it builds these, these frustrations. Um, so, so the idea, really, is to be able to learn to have... Um, to express a frustration that you have in a way which is not uh, necessarily seen or, or done as an attack on the partner. It's simply an expression of, uh, of uh, just an expression of, of uh, a difference, a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching things, etc. So it's kind of having a different way of um, thinking about differences in the relationship. 
Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with wanting harmony in a relationship, though, sure. which I think ultimately most of us do sure. want. We don't want a relationship for conflict in sure. itself. Or if you do, I think that's a problem problem in itself. Yeah. But, but ultimately, in order to have harmony, it's also knowing that parts of harmony involves exploring some of these things that are challenging. So mm-hmm. the only way you can truly have harmony is by tackling things that may cause disharmony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the, the, the flip side is sort of dissonance, isn't it? And yeah. There will always be an element of that. Yeah. There's, it's impossible to have a relationship where you are constantly in sync with your partner. It is literally impossible because you're two separate people, where you're always on the same page. I mean, you can be on the same page a lot of the time, but not all of the time. I think that's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, with our argument quiz that we have on our website on therelationshipmage.com, you can explore what your argument style is and some of those dynamics that will come up. Um, And I think that it's really important, first of all, to, if you want to have a more harmonious relationship, and this is whether you're in a relationship now, or even if you're single looking for a relationship, it makes no difference. In fact, if you're single at the moment and looking for a relationship, this is the perfect time to explore what your conflict style is. Because mm. when you get into a relationship, like I said, sometimes we leave it too late. Mm. And the longer you leave it, the more difficult it is to do something about it. The time to really take action is now, yeah. before things get too much. Yeah. And I think, you know, the key is you have to be able to understand yourself, first of all. You have to understand your own, where things come from for yourself, why you feel the way you do in relationships, why you feel the way you do about arguments, Mm. why you feel it's so difficult sometimes to bring topics up. Mm. Uh, And then then also critically important is understanding your partner. If you have a partner at the moment, Mm. and if you don't, it's then getting to understand them and really getting to know them, Mm. not how you perceive them. So because we perceive people in a certain way, which we project onto them, we sometimes think, well, they do this because they're so stubborn. Mm. But it's not that somebody's stubborn. It's, there's a whole history behind that. There's a reason why people behave in the way they do. And when we understand that, mm. we can start to communicate them at, at a deeper level and have more empathy for them. And, and empathy, I think, in a relationship is is really important. It's not just something that counselors needs to have for their clients, I think, you know, we need to have empathy for our partner, which I, I think is very frequently lacking in relationships. Yeah, absolutely. You need that. And also just to sort of come back to um, the difficulty very often is about, uh, I think, the difficulty uh, of avoiding conflict, which is very common. I mean, some people are very easily attacking, but others are very easily avoidant uh, in conflict situations. And that was me in the past, I think, more so than I am now. Um is because there's a fear of loss, isn't there? It's the sense of that if, if I say something here that my partner might not like, they might not love me anymore, they might leave me, they might abandon me. So I must avoid this at all costs and I always must make sure that everything is hunkadory here in this relationship because otherwise I am risking my relationship. You know? So there's, there's... And if you don't understand that kind of pattern, as you rightly say, Tom, then what are you, how are you going to change that? It's really... Um, in order to kind of change your conflict style or find a, a more effective way of dealing with conflict in a relationship, you really have to understand your your own uh, uh, beliefs um, around conflict, uh, around relationships, 
you have to understand your triggers, you have to understand your anxieties, you have to understand your fears. Yeah, and you have to be able to also realise that you may have fears. And at the same time, even though you have a fear, it's important to to bring these things up. Mm. Uh, and the only way to really get through fear and anxiety at some level is is to actually commit to actually doing those things that cause you to have anxiety and fears about actually mm. you know, realising that at some point your brain has learned that maybe there is risk in this type of situation. Mm. But that's a learning from the past. Mm. There really there probably isn't risk now, or there may not be, or maybe minimal risk. Or But that what we're tending to perceive things is what we've learned from past experience. Mm. So it's your brain's learned this way of behaving or kind of bringing up this sort of survival instinct and the way we need to retrain the brain. We need to retrain your brain that actually this is okay. Mm. At the same time, it's also important to learn how to communicate it because just kind of going all guns blazing and yeah. expressing yourself in a in a way that your partner might seem seem to be they might experience as aggressive mm. could cause more problems. So you also do need to learn to communicate too. So it's understanding yourself, mm. understanding the other person, and also learning how to communicate based on both of your ways of thinking, which, mm. you know, there's quite a lot in there. Mm. Uh, but if there's anything I could encourage people to do now is is learn, learn to be able to communicate those things that uh, you really feel you need to say, but you don't say. Because the more you keep them bottled up, the more they build up and they build up into these frustrations that, that gradually eat away at a relationship. And even if they seem small now, I believe me, if you don't tackle them, they will continue to build up. They will get bigger and can be the end of a relationship. It's like a snowball, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think underlying both uh, extremes of uh, the conflict style, so to speak, you know, on the one hand, the sort of not... The sort of dismissing type, the, the avoid the person who avoids conflict at all costs because it seems risky, or on the other end of the spectrum, the person who kind of goes for the other and attacks quite readily at you know at the drop of a of a pin. I think in both the underlying issue, I think for both people, both of these types of people is is fear, isn't it? It's a fear, it's an anxiety, it's about it's an anxiety of either being abandoned, of not being loved, of not being heard, of not being seen, that kind of thing. So um, if that's the issue, then really there have to be more effective ways that have to be found to communicate um, your needs in the relationship. Um, and that's kind of what we're talking about in the course, isn't it? It's about how to, how to go about this, how can you do this, how can you let your partner know that something needs uh, is displeasing to you, or displeasing is not the right term, or uh, unpleasant for you, um, without without going into a big cycle of of anger and hostility. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like you said, sort of that sort of anger, that sort of hostility, often behind it is fear, because mm -hmm. it's that fight, flight, or freeze response. When we feel under threat, mm -hmm. we're going to respond in one of these ways. Mm -hmm. Because our bodies have evolved to do that, so mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes that the the part of a brain with language with logic just shuts down, and we just get into this sort of emotional sort of well, that's the sort of reptilian part of the brain that responds mm -hmm. in ways that maybe not useful to do in those times. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with that fight response, that's where we get into anger. Mm -hmm. With the flight response, then we maybe just get defensive or just try and run away or withdraw. Mm -hmm. And the freeze response is we just don't respond we just kind of clam up yeah. 
Um, and, and again, these are important to know how you respond uh, and realize that that is a response that you've learned and it's a totally appropriate response. There's nothing wrong with your response. Mm. And once you realize that, it's also known that even though you're feeling that, you can still learn to communicate. Mm. And when you do, you won't have to respond in that way as much in the future because you're learning that actually you, know, you can communicate, you can express these things, and it will ultimately bring you closer to your partner. Yeah, because you're then interacting. I think ultimately what you are trying to aim for in these situations is to have a more adult-to-adult interaction with your partner rather than responding as a child because very often when you get triggered in conflict situations you might respond as a child and what I mean by that is having the same sort of strategies that you employed when you were a child which is like withdrawing or or attacking or whatever it is that you used to do then you know you might have just disappeared into your room for example when you felt threatened as a child or hid under the bed and you're doing something quite similar in the relationship so you want to get out of this child mode and have an adult-to-adult relationship with your partner, uh, which means that you, you can kind of manage that balance um, between expressing what needs to be expressed without, being, without getting carried away, too carried away by it emotionally. Yeah, and that uh, picks up on an earlier podcast we did on transactional analysis mm-hmm. and the parent-adult-child model, the PAC model. Yeah. So learning, you know, that certain situations and in communication, you're going to this childlike state. So it's like we regress to how we used to respond because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe those ways we respond in those past were quite um, significant. Maybe they were quite mm-hmm. upsetting. We, when we go into a similar situation, it reverts us back to that sort of age because mm-hmm. that's, that's where we kind of got stuck, where we didn't really handle it at the time in the way we wanted to. And so we keep going back to that way, that stuck way of responding that we learned when we were younger and we never kind of processed fully. Yeah, so for example, uh, uh, one that I can think of immediately in terms of my responses is um, I used to be a really good sulker. I used to be a champion sulker when I felt really hurt. Uh, I, I, just, I just shut down, basically. So And I had this kind of uh, childish belief that if I didn't say anything and I'd be really silent, I'd punish my partner with silence, they would notice. They would notice, they would come to me, they'd talk to me and would sort it all out. Because in a way, I think when I was a child, I was kind of silenced. That was the best response I could have to all my parents' continuous conflict. And I think this is a sort of replication of that kind of silence. Um, but ultimately, this desire to be heard by, by the other person. Yeah, it reminds me actually of, of a, little, a little comic strip that I think I showed you the other day where uh, there's two people in a relationship and one person's there with a thought bubble saying, I'm so annoyed with my partner, I'm just not going to talk to them for days. And the other partner's away working and their thought bubble is, oh, it's been a really nice quiet few days. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've seen that one. Like, sometimes, exactly. you know, the other person may even, you know, some people don't even realise no. That the other person's actually Sulking. frustrated or sulking yeah. because they have so little awareness, maybe. Oh, no, no, totally. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it has to be expressed. And the longer that it's unexpressed, the more the tension builds up, the more difficult it is. It's like, you know, it's like the longer you leave something, the longer you leave something you're afraid of, mm. the more and more difficult it becomes to do something. Mm. Really, the time to act is as soon as possible. Yeah. I think it's the same with anything. The time to improve something is right now, before there's real problems even. The time to 
deal on those fears is take action now. Even though it may seem scary, I can guarantee you that the longer you leave it, the scarier it will get. You just, you know, it's about taking action as soon as possible. Good. I think this is a really good point to end here. Yeah, yeah, great. And, yeah, and, and understanding your argument style will really help you in terms of understanding where some of these things come from and what you can do about it, which is why we put together this free argument quiz that you can take. Uh, and if you go to our website, therelationshipmaze.com, on the front page is a link where you can discover your argument style. Yeah. And if you want to work in a, a little bit more detail on it, uh, on uh, improving your... Uh, your way, your arguments, the way that you communicate with your partner and how to resolve arguments more effectively. We've also developed a, a very short course um, that you might find very helpful in that regard. Yeah, great. So thanks for listening today and we look forward to speaking with you next time. Um, and please tune in, please press subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and see you next week. Take care. Until then. Bye.